0: Okay, Peter. It's me again. Another one. Another one. Yeah. In the new setup, in the new setup
1: on Equities. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about energy stocks and Peace. Europe's new war in quotation uh, with China over um, cheap electric vehicles, which is apparently not a good thing for Germany. Makes sense? <laughs> it does. And then we're going to talk about Fedex earnings yeah. next week.
0: Yeah. Okay, but uh Energy stocks. So I guess you know you're also doing a commodity version of uh, the podcast with Ole. So he probably has uh, some good points on on what's happening. But you see they they have not performed super well this year. No energy, but I guess in the last month or so it has been uh, a bit better, which makes sense with the higher oil price. But I think you know maybe you have talked more with Ole than uh, than me that. It is a super hard market to predict, for me at least, with the oil prices. Because, of course, they are moving the oil stocks. Mm -hmm. But I think every time I hear banks, including ourselves and other banks coming out with their target on the oil price, they're always pretty much at the same level as where we are now. Now, if we're at 60, they say, I will probably stay in this range between 50 and 70. Now we're at 85, 90. I will probably stay around here, but 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 what will happen? You know, it's it's for me, it's uh, it's like a black box to be and honest.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I I agree, and and it's because it's such a political market, right? And the the move higher in in oil prices have been Saudi Arabia really aggressively cutting down on in the oil production, and who could have forecasted that, right? Uh, so it's politics, it's politics, and but the, but but energy stocks were super popular last year, and then when we came into this year. Um, People were negative um and but actually were positive on energy stocks, and then everything was flipped around. we got the whole technology rally and AI and energy just went into the basket yeah and now it has come back a little bit but so the question is is energy stocks and when you talk about energy stocks is oil and gas majors is are they interesting or not and and, and I think you know
0: if you look at you know of course you still have to compare to the risk-free rate, which is higher. So, of course, when you look at oil companies, or at least when I look at oil companies, I look at you know what's the free cash flow yield, how much dividend are they paying out, uh, you know, stuff like that. And it still, look, it looks pretty attractive. I saw Devon Energy. Do you know them? Yeah. It's like you know, if if you want a traditional oil company in the Midwest, Texas, you know, with the big uh, pumps in the middle of uh, of of the desert, that that's the business of Devon Energy. And they did this sensitivity uh, analysis where they, I believe, an oil price at 70, they had a free cash flow yield of 6%, 7%. Now, when it's around 90, it's, it's 9%. So, if you look at that compared to risk-free rate, if you look at that compared to, let's just say, Apple. Yeah. Now they came with their new uh, camera in their phone. You know, If you look at Apple, you get a free cash flow yield of, what, 3%? Something like that, yeah. Then it looks pretty attractive to still look at uh, at oil. With you know, of course, it's, it's different if you look at Equinor or companies more involved in in gas than oil. But still, free equity or free uh, cash flow yield of nine percent. Let's say they pay half of that out, then you get a yield with buybacks of of for five percent, and then they can use the rest on investing in new fields. You know, from a valuation perspective, it it looks good. So I'm I'm a
1: bit uh, puzzled why they have not moved even higher yeah, on this it, move, and it and it's true. I mean, I looked at the at the uh, the uh, MSCI World Energy Index, and they bought back five percent of the market value mm. in buybacks, mm. and then on top of that, you're getting roughly four percent. So that's nine yeah, percent, as you said, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, I think I think the problem still for the industry are two things. So the whole ESG agenda uh, causes two things. So one, banks are really reluctant to provide financing. For, uh, for new fields or whatever, hmm. uh, even if you can attract the capital. And then the ESG movement is also, there's a lot of funds, p- pension funds, insurance companies. They don't want to be there. They don't want to have it. No, no. And, 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 and one thing you have to remember as well when you look at the attractive values, because I agree with you, it, it looks attractive, is that you are buying into an asset that potentially has peaked and will only going to see uh, less and less volume over time. It's still big, right? Massive.
0: You know, If you look at the global energy consumption, uh, <laughs> coal, oil, and gas is what's still... You know, if you don't electricity, it's a bit different. But if you take into consideration cars and airplanes and ships and everything, then then I guess it's eighty ninety percent of energy consumption that's still coming from there. So even though we have a transition over the next many many years, we're probably not gonna live without uh, oil and, and stuff like that.
1: So if you if you if you don't if you're not all in on ESG, then there's potential value to be found here. Yeah, and we still have the transition from coal to gas. That's greener. Yeah
0: you know, in the big world, China, India, we still need that. That That's still a part of the transformation. But I also think, you know, if I was Saudi Arabia, I think they're a bit afraid of ending up in a situation like, you know, just after COVID, where you had oil prices of zero or very, very near zero. I think they're seeing demand going down and they don't want to end up in that situation. So that's why they're cutting now. You know, be be, uh, be before something uh, bad happens, it's better to,
1: Cut it and and then and then be prepared. And I think they're planning for a different world. Um, I think they know that we are getting close to that peak, and I think actually that's a good segue, uh, Oscar, to talk about you mm. know the the energy transition and part of that energy transition is you know green energy, but it's also electric vehicles. Yeah. And the market here in Europe is getting flooded with cheap. Chinese EVs. Yeah, yeah. I see yeah, them yeah. here more and more in, in Copenhagen. And I uh, see, When I open
0: the newspaper every day, I see commercials for, for Chinese EVs. I don't see Tesla or Volkswagen or stuff like that. I see the Chinese car makers doing uh, promotions here.
1: Exactly. And and uh, I think it was the, the, the Financial Times, they had this report from last weekend when you had the big uh, auto show in <clears> Munich. <throat> mm. I think the number of Chinese car models at that auto show had doubled in uh, just one year. Yeah,
0: and they look good. I, I looked at this... Uh, X ping, yeah, not Xi ping, almost. Maybe yeah. if you pronounce it in a different way, yeah, uh, it looks pretty good. You know, it's it's half the price of a Tesla. It it, it, it from, from my perspective, it looks better. Is it, it,
1: a, it, it, better. it, it half the
0: price? It's four hundred thousand kroners here in Denmark. I I believe it te- ah, maybe it's not half the price. But I don't know the Tesla a st- price. Third, maybe lower, yeah. depending it's on. It's a what bit it's a bit lower, but but it it looks better, and I get this big uh, SUV instead of these. Sedans from, from Tesla. I think it looks good. But I also understand, you know, the whole story is that Europe, they are a bit afraid of these subsidies that they get in China when they produce these cars. Think, what, what is the exact
1: issue that they are th- angry with? I think the issue is that um, the reports that are coming out from the Chinese Car Association suggest that they have to totally overbuild uh, car factory capacity. So they China right now are producing millions of cars, but Mm. they're only using 55% of the factory capacity, and they're flooding the market with very cheap cars. And I think in in Germany, I think all the auto uh, CEOs, they are really afraid of what they're seeing in the numbers. So they're pushing the EU, and von der Leyen um, the, uh, was uh, talking to today actually in Strasbourg in the EU Parliament, and she said that they're now launching a huge investigation into whether yeah, China is subsidizing so. this. So, so it's it's a new frontier. We're talking about you and I did it last uh, on the last podcast. This war between the US and China on semiconductors. Maybe Europe is going to have a war with China over EVs. Yeah, and it's also
0: as you say, you know, the biggest economy in, in, in Europe is Germany, and it's so driven by 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 car makers as well also for jobs and it's like if you if you compete within the EU uh, you know the EU are very focused on on making sure that the competition is fair mm-hmm. and then if you have China and the car makers out there which might be super subsidized or supported by the government but they are playing in the
1: European in our, in our market
0: yeah you know, of course they should inter- intervene there. You know, I think it's fair because, you know, if you want to protect the market, which you, EU is all about, it's like protection of the countries in here, it makes sense that they want to look into this because let's say Denmark uh, wanted to, I know, I know Novo Nordic are doing pretty well, but let's say they wanted to subsidize and and give them money from from the government budget to make, uh, you know, new factories and all of this, they would also intervene. So so I think it's fair to at least look at it, making an, an investigation as they're doing now, in order to figure out if they want to play in our competition, they also need to play kind of
1: by the you know European rules and European book. I, I think uh, that's that's how they see it in the EU, and and we should note, Oscar, that in judging from the price action today. Uh, Volkswagen and Renault shares are up, and BYD, Neo, Pen, what are they mm. named out there mm. in China? They—they they all uh, down, uh, and some of them are traded in trading in the U.S. So it's going to be interesting to uh, to see. But, but let's see, EU—they spend five or ten years investigating,
0: anyways, every time. So they're probably uh, not going to happen uh, anything big soon. <laughs> But maybe, uh,
1: maybe they're quicker this time who who, who knows maybe yeah. the Germans will uh, will uh, up the pressure yeah. we need to talk about FedEx earnings because I was looking at the earnings calendar for next week and I was scanning isn't there any interesting earnings uh, do we really have to wait a couple of weeks before we have the Q4 It's pretty uh, 3 it's earnings? pretty quiet at the very moment very quiet but there is FedEx yes and I said to you how can we talk interestingly about FedEx because isn't it really a boring company? But then on the other hand, the stock is up almost 50% this year and the overall transportation index is only up 9%. So they're doing something right. And yeah. you said, no, but it's still interesting because, because what? I don't know. I, I would say for the whole
0: shipping sector, I think, of course, it's, 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 it's like a proxy for activity. Yeah. You know, when we sit at home and shop online on Amazon, on wherever we uh, how we shop, they have to send the packages. So it's it's like a nice proxy for seeing where's the world going. But also think this whole whole you know with UPS, their competition where you, you hear about these uh, huge salary salary increases for for the drivers. How is that affecting FedEx as well? Are they giving the same uh, you know extra prices in in uh, in in employee salaries and how is that affecting cost and how are they seeing the world in this? Because we still talk about lower consumption, uh, you know, consumer getting a bit more pressured on, 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 you know, the salary increases they already got them, interest rates are still going up for them. We have higher credit card debt. And now we have these uh, student loan payments coming in in, uh, in in the U.S. I know it's not big things, but it's still all stuff affecting the consumer and their willingness to, uh, to spend a lot of money on, uh, I don't know, new computer or a new H&M t-shirt yeah. or whatever. So here we could actually see what's happening. Because we also, the two of us, we were looking at this small number called Redbook, which is measuring 9,000 stores in the U.S. Uh, year and year. Uh, uh, increase in uh, in sales, and that has been for a long, long time going down to zero. But the last three or four weeks it's actually beginning to peak again. So some indicators are saying the consumer is slowing down, but others are saying it's picking up again.
1: But uh, but I think it's also the slowdown in that red book, which overlaps with the slowdown in retail sales, is also the reason why you know you can see that the analysts are expecting roughly $22 billion in quarterly sales. That's down 6% year in year. And that's reflecting okay. less pressure because fewer are buying a lot of consumer goods. So the prices are coming down on last mile deliveries, etc. Um, mm. And they also want to cut, by the way. That's an important thing to note. They, they, they have a plan to cut costs by $6 billion. So that's roughly 8% reduction in, in total cost. But that's
0: also, how can you cut that much when your salaries are going up by 50%? That's, it's hard, yeah. it's, it, and that's what's interesting to see. Are
1: they able to do that? Exactly, and, and I, uh, there's a lot of companies that do this, right? They they set out a three-year target for cutting cost, and then by the time the three years have, have gone by, investors have forgot everything about that target, uh, and they uh. never deliver it. And, but, Oscar, we need to... There's another thing. Mm? So, apparently, one of their big competitors, Yellow, so I, I guess um, I'm not... I've not have never lived in the US. I don't know what Yellow is, but apparently it's a big uh, parcel delivery freight company. They went bankrupt in August, um, and okay. they, and they had a seven percent market share in US shipments. So. Oh. Maybe that's a catalyst for the stock because that seven percent has to go somewhere and I guess FedEx will, will grab some of that market share.
0: Yeah, maybe. And it that and that, that that's hard to know because I again I don't know the US market that well. You probably need to be on yeah. on the ground to understand what's actually the difference between UPS and FedEx, what's the uh, exposure to air freight versus trucks versus uh, last mile delivery, uh, where the money made, um, but that's maybe something we should look into. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when 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 the earnings comes out and and figure out the exact difference because UPS is not doing that well. As I see, the stock price is going slowly yeah. down, and and FedEx is going up. So it's really about finding, uh, you can say, the lean machines that can absorb the salary increases in. Uh, driver wages or pilot wages or whatever do optimization in the internal value chain how can they be smarter and uh, and then see you know who can who can take uh, take the market share and still make make money on it because i guess yellow had a part of the business that was not super attractive since they're going bankrupt at least they were <laughs> not operating it well you would think that so you know it's it's a uh, it's a sensitive business where you need to be uh, of course super super cost focused, but you need to be really really good at at optimizing as well.
1: But it's going to be interesting to see yeah. whether they confirm what we are seeing in the red book. Are things turning around in the US? I think that's that's what we're going to look out for yeah. in that earnings yeah. release. Yeah. Okay, all right. That was it.
0: Small updates, but yeah. Again, quiet weeks, but um, I think something will start to happen, right? So so focus on energy, focus on China, Europe, electric vehicles, and then FedEx. See you next week.
1: See you next, next week. week.